not to use money. This is how it's going to go down. They tell us that they plan on telling us on a Friday night. See if you can guess why they would tell us on a Friday night that the banking system has collapsed. We're going to, don't worry, don't use any money. We'll figure this out and we'll take care of you or not. We'll tell you on a Friday night. Listen to her explain when this will happen. Watch. How would we use targeted guarantees to allay concerns about excess cash use? There's a lot of questions here. Um, and so, you know, there, there are a lot of things we've been thinking about. And what we want to hear from you today is what, your, what you think would the priorities would be in order to go about setting expectations appropriately in public about how we would execute Title II. So that if and when we do have to have that announcement on, on Friday night, ideally Friday night, um, that people are in a position to receive it, understand it, and say, yeah, that works. Um, and we can see how this will happen. Of course, there will be doubters, but there's a lot of things going on. Okay, thanks for that. So Friday night, of course, the banking system is closed. So people all weekend can just be at home freaking out because, oh, wait a minute. I just want what's going to happen with my money. Yeah. My bank's going, like, where the economic just, what the hell are you going to do about my money? It's gone. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. In the time of censorship, non-compliance is key. From an undisclosed location in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Welcome, folks. March 11th, 2023. And what a fascinating time to be alive, isn't it? We are in the brink of the Great Awakening, the fourth turning, and the global collapse of the deep state cabal that has captured and destroyed all of the infrastructure that we're seeing right now. And we're seeing it in a fantastical uh, acceleration of a collapse of everything. Now, keep in mind, this is a necess necessary evil that's happening. It's a necessary evil because as their power is being relinquished and the human population is deciding to wake up and deciding to get involved, they are trying to cease in the jaws of defeat power at the very last moment and tear down the entire chessboard. That's what we are witnessing right now. So there is some great pain that's going to endure in the future, but keep in mind, humanity is awakening and we are winning. We are going to win. It's happening now. Uh, the, the New World Order global credit system is dead on arrival and it's being rejected all over the planet. And so when you're looking at these financial collapses and the great frenzy of everything going on, it's very important to realize that this is all strategic. They're doing it to create and induce fear, to induce more panic, but more importantly, what I think is a distraction from all the um, devastating testimonies and devastating revelations that have happened throughout this week. One of them being uh, the January 6th uh, testimony that has been going on in the revelations with Tucker. Now he's only stating things that we already know. He's only demonstrating things that we've already seen, but now it's in the mainstream. They can't deny it. They're backpedaling. More importantly, the collaboration with big tech industries and the governments all over the world uh, uh, deeming misinformation, deplatforming, censoring, shadow banning, something we know as conservatives know very, very well. But now that's getting into an undeniable forefront as well. This is all happening. So meanwhile, all that is going on mysteriously and magically one of the second largest banks in the country seems to collapse and now everybody's in a panic and now we're in this news cycle now do i think it's important 
Absolutely. Do I want to talk about it? Absolutely. However, let's not be and lose sight of the overall goal and the overall game. The, the main thing is, is we need to root these people out, these evil entities that have captured aspects and elements of our government. We need to root them out publicly, peacefully, and throw everything in a transparent bubble to where then we get to decide what we uh, want to do and how we want the f- future to be. We have to actively be engaged in order to do that. And it's very important. But again, it's, it's important to remember, let's not fall into the, uh, the news cycle. Because all those news organizations that were fake news in 2019, suddenly now they are become the arbiters of truth. And that was kind of the downfall um, of COVID is the fact that we started to believe them again. And they were able to hoax us through fear and get us back to look at CNN, look at CBS, look at these big dead industries that have virtually no viewers Suddenly, they became the dictators of what's going on with this mysterious virus. Now, it's kind of the same thing. They're telling us what's going on in the financial markets. They're telling us what's going on and what the future projections are. So let's use our own brains, use our own minds, and re-centralize on where the focuses are. Obviously, you want to preserve your own wealth. The best thing that you can do um, is find diversified investment portfolios if you have any savings at all left you know with what's going on virtually nobody has savings anymore because they've killed it trump gave you a big savings account biden's taking it away all right it's more sophisticated than that but i'm just i'm just saying again i got ronnie daniels with us today ronnie what's going on what's your state of affairs what do you want to talk about today I want to talk about this since this I was there January 6 myself uh, roughly if what what the film is showing as I have been saying in the last three years almost that there was hardly anybody on Constitution Avenue where the Capitol was at the QAnon chairman that went through the building he was escorted with nine officers like giving a tour and at the same time even in today's time, even with all this openness that you're seeing, people like Glenn Beck has just been kicked off of YouTube because he showed the truth, the videos. And Dr. Redfield, who pointed out that the virus, this Wuhan virus that they inject, suggested us to take, doesn't work. Yeah, and we're going to play some footage of that uh, on the next segment of Dr. Redfield. The CDC, the former CDC director, openly admitting now, openly admitting that the, the, they knew three days after they tested this COVID that it was made in a lab and he was shunned and pushed out by Fauci, who should be in prison right now, tried true prison. When he's going to go down as... Joseph Goebbels point two um, in the sense that he's the biggest mass murderer that's endured uh, on this planet with this virus and the injections and the hoaxing. The fact is, is that they've manufactured this virus, created a hoax into what we are seeing now with a, uh, a consolidation of wealth and power and industry and destruction of industry, mom and pops, middle class, everything. They're parallel constructing it all for what I've been saying for three years. COVID stands for Certificate of Vaccination ID. Okay, it's an ID system. And we're starting to see that now. And the next crescendo is going to be the Green 
New Deal, the Green Movement, the climate control, climate change. If you look at what's going on with the Dutch farmers right now, they are being seized 3,000. The, the Dutch government is trying to seize 3,000 farms in the name of climate change. So the farmers are revolting. They are in the streets right now with their tractors lined up and they're shutting down that entire country. It's a phenomenal thing that's going on over there. But speaking of global ID, in the kind of going full circle, we're talking about financial collapse. We're talking about, you know, vaccination ID. We're talking about this virus that's been spreading around and the vaccines and all the things going on with it. Now, listen, for those that don't know or not educated with how and what the next progression is, we are spiraling toward the CCP system called the Chinese credit score. And if you're not familiar with it, I'm going to play a small report that kind of uh, captures what it's like to live in China. Take a listen. Like the credit score that most Americans get for how they handle their finances, Chinese citizens are now getting social credit scores based on everything from whether they pay their taxes on time to how they cross the street. When Liu Hu recently tried to book a flight, he was told he was banned from flying because he's on the list of untrustworthy people. Liu was a journalist who was ordered by a court to apologize for a series of tweets he wrote and was then told his apology was insincere. I can't buy property. My child can't go to private school, he says. You feel you're being controlled by the list all the time. And the list is now getting longer as every Chinese citizen is being assigned a social credit score, a fluctuating rating based on a range of behaviors. It's believed that community service and buying Chinese-made products can raise your score. Fraud, tax evasion, and smoking in non-smoking areas can drop it. If a score gets too low, a person can be banned from buying plane and train tickets, real estate, cars, and even high-speed internet. It's all part of the Chinese government's new social credit system, where people's daily behavior is monitored and rated. Chinese technology firms such as SenseTime are helping the government effort by developing advanced cameras that use artificial intelligence to track just about everything. Good score brings benefits, but people with low scores lose rights. The cinema names and shames people considered untrustworthy, plastering their details, even their addresses across big screens. Okay, so you have all kinds of tracking systems, new tracking systems that they are adopting and that you're adopting in your house, in your neighborhoods. There's been massive contracts going on statewide. There's a huge push for government funding in utility infrastructure on putting 5G type light poles around that have embedded camera systems, tracking systems, fiber optic connections, infrastructure for this system. That's just the part of the 5G rollout and the whole infrastructure tied in with that. So as we get further along in this technological evolution, we have to understand and always understand that technology is a Trojan horse for this type of system. But it's getting exposed now here in America, and the American spirit is rising and fighting against this. But understand, this is what this is being used for. Everything that you see, as far as new apps, new processes, social media trends, things like that, it's all meant to imprison you. And so the way that you fight back against it, 
is you just don't play. Practice going out of your house without technology, right? Don't buy the new latest and greatest phone, right? Because it's just more sophisticated tracking systems. Go back to getting an old phone, get a flip phone. Do things like that. Start practicing. If you got an Echo Dot, throw that stuff in the garbage. If you got a Google Home, throw that in the garbage. If you got anything like that, even a webcam on your computer, if you don't have it disabled, they can still enable it. They are tracking and tracing everything. So not going to go down a rabbit hole on that, but understand this is what's trying to be rolled out. Now it's going to be damn near impossible because it's being exposed at such a giant level that it's going to be hard for them to roll this thing out now that the general public is uh, rejecting it. Don't you think? Yes, but at the same time, uh, we have to stay ahead. Conveniences, it's nice to have, but it can be a form of, of chattel slavery on your own system, on your family, the way you'll grow. And they can control you. I mean, if, if Fink and, and want to follow the Chinese communist system of uh, credit score, I would fail because I'm a person that's outspoken. I serve God. I speak truth, just like the situation in, in Corvallis. We had an Oregon Department of Forestry meeting. We went from 4.2 million board, billion board feet of wood down to 166 million board feet of wood now. We had a full house, young and old, three and four generations testifying at the Department of Forestry meeting under the guise of Habitat Conservation um, Program. And they want to cut it even more down lower than that. They're trying to get back up to 230 to 250 million board feet just to survive. These are American businesses. But here's the losers, all of us, because they, they may go to a point where they ship the wood after they skin them overseas to China. Our wood price is to build for ourselves. We want to have, to have our own dream. Is to have our own house, custom made that we want. So you're telling me that the wood here in Oregon is getting shipped out of the country? Starting to, yes. Uh, there have been things of it when uh, people just taking chips. They've taken it out, take it down to Winston or take it up to Portland or Kalama, ship it out, and come back in the finished products. That is wild. We are living in amazing times, folks. And thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe at noncompliantamerica.com. You're listening to Joshua Michael. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at noncompliantus. Segment one finishing up. We will be right back. Broadcasting from the formal state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10. It's your host, Joshua Michael. Welcome back, folks. Joshua Michael, segment two. Happy Saturday. Looks like there's some sunshine out there. It's, uh, it's a good day to be alive, I'll tell you. And it's a good day to be in the fight, and it's a good day to be an American. Because the American spirit is rising. But it's also contagious. It's rising all over the world. There's different things going on. What do you think that they attacked us so hard? Why do you think they push us so hard and try to demoralize us and gaslight us here in America? Because the American spirit is and continues to be the light of the world. Let me give you an example. In Nigeria right now, 
The citizens have taken to the streets to protest the nation's cash shortage. Now, let me explain to you what they did in Nigeria over a year ago in rolling out these CBDC experimental programs. They thought they'd do it. They have to do it in smaller countries. They have to do it in more compliant countries and more destabilized countries because they feel like they have more control than they do with the American system, right? But the shortage came just after they rolled out the CBDCs um, and aimed to be pushing the country into a 100% cashless economy. Yet, instead of adopting the CBDC, the Nigerian protesters are demanding paper money to be restored because it did not work. The CBDC system was dead on arrival. They didn't have enough control, which is why you're seeing different things around us start to collapse because they feel if they can incrementally collapse things around us, we then become complacent and, and develop the Stockholm syndrome in order to accept the inevitable of what we see is to be the CBDCs. Now, I'll reject them 100% through and through. There is no way that they'll ever be able to put me in a position to accept that type of currency because that is the end and end all of be all of your freedoms, even more now than the Federal Reserve is taken away from us. This is a step up into the more Chinese credit score digital ID system. That's why they want to do this so they can control you. Right now with cash, they can't control you. Now, there's some areas that don't accept credit cards and everything else. I digress. The country's experience strongly suggests that the average citizen understands the CBDC's presence is a substantial risk to financial freedom. Now, we're seeing this. Let me give you an example. If you had digital money into your bank in, this, in the Silicon Valley Bank just on Wednesday, right? And say you had $500,000 in there. Say you had $5 million. Right now, if you did not get your money out, the only money that you're going to be able to retain out of this, unless you go through a long, frivolous lawsuit that's going to be drug out for years, is $250,000. That's what the FDIC guarantees. Now, you heard a, glip, a clip from the beginning of the show of, of the head of the FDIC talking last year about if there was a financial collapse, that they would usually do it and announce it on a Friday so that they would have the whole weekend to induce fear and to kind of try to calm people down for the financial collapse that's happening. I don't think that we're in this. I think we're only at a tip of an iceberg. Now, it is going to collapse. Next week is going to be a wild roller coaster financially. So if you don't have precious metals, you might want to get some right now because I think that's, that's, that's a key element to get. But anyways, they tried this experiment in Nigeria. Didn't work out. People demanded paper money. Right. So now we're starting to see what's happening. And also Nigerian government has unleashed a fury of tricks to spew, spew the adoption, but none have proven effective. They're trying to coerce their population into accepting a CBDC system. But the public is not rejecting it. Now, if that's not the American spirit at its finest, I don't know what is. Anyways, unfortunately, it says that the Nigerian government has doubled down and moved to more drastic measures by restricting cash itself. In December, they've restricted all cash withdrawals to 100,000 naira, which equates to $225 of American currency. That's crazy. To make matters worse, the Nigerian government also chose to redesign the currency during its time and moved to aim toward restoring the control of the bank of the Nigeria over currency and circulation. Essentially, they're cutting off the cash. 
Fortunately for us, they're just printing money here in the United States like it's going out of business and it doesn't even matter, right? So here's a question. Here's a question for you, Ronnie. If the bank, if the government keeps printing money here in the United States and they just print money, right? Why should we pay taxes? Because the money ain't worth nothing. For one thing, uh, we have $3 trillion right now worldwide. And as of a month of today, Argentina is trading yuan instead of dollar bills, all their commerce and everything else. Saudi Arabia started it after the Iranians and the Russians and the Chinese started it. Brazil's come along. But what's unique is those that's playing the games don't want to let everybody know this because this same thing happened in the early 1920s with Germany, with the Dutch mark. And go back to 1973, I know I keep going back 50 years backwards as a kid, but I was paying attention to CBS News with Walter Cronkite. But nevertheless, when Saudi Arabia has called in a billion dollars of gold when they had an oil embargo on us to pay instead of a dollars, that was the start of something, a nightmare. That's when gas price went from 38 cents a gallon in California to 65 cents a gallon. My now later went from 8 cents to 15 cents and everything else. It makes an accelerated spiral. But the difference is then compared to now, we had over 70% of the economy was manufacturing in our country. We're down to less than 10% from the 15.7% we was accomplished as of January 1st, 2021 under President, former President Trump. Well, I think that's even gone down even more than 10%. I think we're lower than 10% now with the destruction of jobs. I mean, it, it, dude, you guys, the, the, the gaslighting is unreal. I saw an article yesterday that said the employment level is at the highest it's ever been just last month on the jobs reports, right? Meanwhile, you have airlines laying off people. You have Amazon laying off people. Just in Portland alone, they shut down the Walmart and laid off over 519 people. They closed the Walmart because there was too much theft going on because it's a blue state. It's a blue city. And they're just collapsing. There's so much theft there, millions and millions of dollars of theft. And then you have the police openly announcing on news agencies and different newspapers stating, hey, if it's a crime under $1,200, we're not even going to we're not even going to pursue it. We don't even care. So you have the police organizations telling the criminals, hey, go ahead and go steal. It doesn't matter. And places that suffer are places like Walmart, which I don't think Walmart's even a good business. I Yeah, they employ a little bit, but I think it's destructive for the mom and pop industries. And they've done that. We've seen that time and time again. You know, they just kind of became this bully. But keep in mind, Walmart was the one that enforced the World Health Organization mandates, not the CDC mandates, in the store during the lockdown. That's who they took their orders from so good riddance to them it's uh it's a great day to be alive folks and we'll be right back It's time to unmask the truth and expose the lies. The occupied forces do not want you to hear this broadcast. Breaking through the censorship and delivering raw, unedited content, it's Joshua Michael. Dr. Robert Redfield, the former CDC director, talks about three suspicious events that took place at the Wuhan lab in September of 2019. Now keep in mind, this is September of 2019 before the events 
took place in 2020. Take a listen. I will say, if you go back and look, it's declassified now, and I'm sure you all have your classified briefings, but the declassified information now, in September of 2019, three things happened in that lab. One is they deleted the sequences. It was highly irregular. Researchers don't usually like to do that. Second thing they did was they changed the command and control of the lab from the civilian control to the military control. Highly unusual, and I've been involved in dual-use labs when I was in the military. And the third thing they did, which I think is really telling, is they let a contractor redo the ventilation system in that laboratory. So I think clearly there was strong evidence that there was a significant event that happened in that laboratory in September. It's now been declassified. You can read it. I'm sure there's more classified information around. So we know that now it looks like that in September 2019, there was some type of leak or outbreak, whether it was an accident or not. The fact is that it happened. It was made in a lab. They were doing this fake research or this dangerous research of of, uh, gain of function. Well, the United States was doing it in North Carolina back in 2014. They moved it to the Wuhan lab under the guides of Fauci in 2014, and that was under Obama. And, you know, it dates back all the way back to like 2003 is when most of these patents happen. So we know now they manufactured this virus. They released this virus, whether it was intentional or unintentional. The fact is that it did happen and it spread it out. They tried to cover it up. Now they're blaming it on the Chinese people, I think or not the Chinese people, but the CCP, uh, in trying to put pressure on China, I believe, in order to get them to stand down in collaboration with Russia. Now, there had been some uh, transpiring things that I've seen that have happened between China and Russia. Their chumminess has um, softened, I believe. And uh, there's been some disparities between that relationship as it was growing, as the United States seems to have been pushing them together into provoking them to be a giant superpower against the United States. Now, is that shelved for a while? Yes, probably. Is that probably, probably, part of the reason why they're uh, uh, relaying this testimony now? Because here's the question, you know, and this is the power of the House. This is the power of getting those House of Representatives in there, um, you know, and even those 20 that are holding the line and kind of holding McCarthy's feet to the fire in regards to making him cooperate. You know, there's power in that. So even though even though some of these testimonies or the, these investigations don't go anything beyond the House because the Senate's controlled by the Democrats and obviously the president is controlled by Obama, um, is that it shows through the cloak of public forum and through the public uh, court of public opinion is what I like to call it, is because it exposes the, the real realities of what's going on. And when people see information such as this come to the forefront at an undeniable uh, peak, you know, as far as where information comes from and where, quote, official information comes from, people tend to believe it more now that it's in a courthouse on the capital of the Washington, D.C. Um, capital testifying these facts somehow it's now sinking into people even though we've known all this for a long time it's now sinking into people and they're starting to understand okay now we know now the rats are all leaving the sinking ship which is why i believe redfield's coming forward and the tides are turning here's an interesting thing that has happened over the past two days, Mike Adams from uh, Natural News talked about it this morning. But naturalnews.com used to be banned on Facebook. 
And you used to not even be able to send links via messenger. And this is the power of the testimony. And he talked about this this morning. But the power of the, the house is that Twitter has unveiled so much collaboration with the government, the shadow banning, the censoring, the, the secret agencies and agents that are working for these institutions, such as Facebook and Twitter and uh, TikTok. I mean, all these social networks, um, they have embeds in them. And now it's being exposed how sophisticated they are operating with their back end systems and things like that. But now what's interesting, natural news has been banned for three years on Facebook. You couldn't even send it through a message. Now, all of a sudden, he says that you can post links and they share in the text messenger and on Facebook. So what does this mean? Again, rats are leaving the sinking ship. The light is being shined on all these social media networks. And what are they doing? They are running scared. They are cowarding and trying to unwind the censorship because they lost, right? Because they're losing. Because you, the active American citizen, is publicly and privately engaging in this great uh, American system and saying no. And they're recognizing that because they're monitoring everything that's going on. They're able to see what you do. So they know that the tides are turning and the pitchforks are coming out. And so these tyrants are trying to scurry back into their hole and say, well, no, we weren't doing that. We never did that. Look, look, you can share a link on naturalnews.com now. Look, no, we I never can't. did anything like that. Can't. I can't because uh, I'm, I guess I'm not the token redneck <laughs> because <laughs> I would, I, there was an article and he was talking about from Mike Adams. I get those from my secret squirrel out there. Yeah. And uh, when I want to share it on Facebook, it says, nope, it's some link. How long ago was that? As of yesterday. Okay. So maybe it's still, maybe it's still being blocked. Certain people. Okay. So likely. if I had, if I have been banned off Facebook for like three years, I don't even, I don't even care to go back on there. But if I had it, I'd love to try. If you guys could try, give me some feedback. See if you can send some quote unquote forbidden links or misinformation from before. Go back to an old article from back from 2020 or something like that. See if you can post it on these social media networks. Now, it may not be true. This is just reports that what he's saying, and it's important for us to be able to, to vet this type of thing out. But if you're still on Facebook and still all that, you know, good for you, except I, I feel that we all need to shift off of that because our actions are the currency. When we choose to buy things from certain agencies or choose to adopt systems, we are giving them our trust. We are then giving them our support directly or indirectly. If you use Gmail as an emailing system, you are then opting into their terms and conditions. You are opting into their systems. Okay? That's an indirect contract that you're making with them. If we can do this at a fundamental level and understand what these corporations are, and rather than just talking bad about them and then continuing to use them, it's better just to not use them at all. Right? Because eventually, they'll have more open platforms like Twitter at the level that it is. Now, there are. There's Gab, Getter, different things like that. But they've never really taken off. They've always kind of just been echo chambers. Now, it's great for passing information uncensored. But we don't want to just be an echo chamber. We want to have open platform, open debate, which Twitter, I think, is the best right now. Now, Steve Bannon hates Elon Musk. And, you know, he thinks that he's a Chinese spy. And, and, and maybe he is. But 
what's happening right now with the open transparency and the openness and the continued fight of the internet, it's important to engage in those conversations because they aren't going to go unseen. They aren't going to go unheard and you're not going to follow in some cyber gulag, which is where they have been trying to take us. Now, if you know that Biden signed over a, uh, a CBDC executive type order last week, and nobody's been talking about that yet because everybody's been concerned with the bank. Everybody's been concerned with the J6 thing. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more on the next segment. But before we do, before we go to break, if you haven't, please like and subscribe to Noncompliant America. Go to noncompliantamerica.com. Find me on Twitter at noncompliantus. Name's Joshua Michael on there. But share, share some information. We want to get some local stories. We want to get you know local information because ultimately, at the end of the day, being and engaging in a local uh, activism is how we're going to take this country back. If every single county just decides to say no and we're able to root out these stay-behind groups and these rhinos that are trying to capture stuff, that is the most important thing. And it's, it's one of my most important um, missions uh, for even having this radio show is being able to expose those things and talk about those things. And we talked about some of those last week. Now, has anything transpired from that? Not yet. But uh, heads definitely did roll um, with the very, very sliver of information compared to what I have. Now, we're going to be doing a deep dive into some of these individuals over the next course of the next couple of weeks, and we're going to do um, some more investigating on where they come from. Because here's the thing, is I think the most important thing is elections. Through and through, we're seeing the effects of having bad elections and having improper or one-sided or scaled elections. We're seeing the, uh, the effects of that. You know, just like the natural gas ban in Eugene, right? I guarantee you most of those people probably had some phony or shifty election process on how they got into office. And now we're seeing what they do. Tina Kotek, we're seeing what she's doing. Nobody's really talking about Tina Kotek right now because we're all distracted. But I digress. Ronnie, take us out. What are we going to talk about on the next segment? Next segment, I believe uh, we need to talk about keeping things. we got to get involved. Uh, Oregon Citizen Lobby is a great site. If, they'll, if you go on their site, OregonCitizenLobby.org, you will be able to get your message out. We need voices, whether you say no on an issue, especially if they're talking about getting rid of diesel, especially talking about reinstalling cap and trade. And don't forget, Monday on the 27th of March, we need you people that's going to be affected by cap and trade, forestry, logging, ranching at the Capitol. Monday, the 27th, please, with honoring Oregon Natural Resources Industries. Please come about. Me and my buddy, we making all of this money. Yeah, I know it's rude to be bragging. They never catching us lagging. Me and my buddy, we working hard for this money. All right, welcome back, folks. We're at the last segment here 
We got Ronnie Daniels, a.k.a. Huckleberry, with us today. And this is the third week in a row, right? You've been here? Yes. Yeah. So we love having him on. We love talking to him. He's always has some great insight, but more importantly, his activism is inspiring for what he does in the local communities, in the Polk County, Marion County level, Clackamas County. I mean, you've all seen him. If you guys have been out, you've all seen this wonderful specimen out there speaking truth to power and, uh, you know, promoting God's will and not backing down and exposing different elements and people and holding their feet to the fire. That's ultimately what we all need to be doing. It's what they're doing in Nigeria. It's what they're doing all over the world in uh, challenging the system. Now, the system isn't going quietly into the night. They're going to try to get us in any way that we can. But what better than to engage in this activism and have successes than to sit on our knees and await quietly until they slowly just turn off your electricity and then put you into a dark hole where eventually you'll just starve to death and they don't care about you. They're not going to help you. They're not going to help you in any way. You have to help yourself. And that's the key. And before going to break, we were talking about the Oregon's citizen lobby. Uh, and this is a great site to help empower Oregon's and monitor the legislative process. They analyze the bills and track them throughout their life cycle. So if you want to get involved, just at a core level, they have a quick volunteer tab there that you can click on and you can get involved. Uh, it's OregonCitizensLobby.org. And it basically just lays out what their mission statement is, but it's a great organization if you don't want to do all the work, if you don't want to sit there and try to do all the research to figure out what's going on in your legislative body, what's going on in your area, you can go to Oregon Citizen Lobby, um, Citizens Lobby with the S, excuse me, uh, and kind of see what's going on. You can contact them directly. I'm sure they would love to hear from you and they'd love for you to get involved, even if you know nothing, even if you're not, if you're apolitical, that's great. It's perfect. Get to know what's going on. Get to know how the system works. It's very, very important. I mean, I'm sure you could reach out to uh, to, to Huckleberry here if, uh, if you need some help or some guidance as well. I know that there's a lot of PCPs that need filled. Is that correct? Yes, we, can, we need 3,000 more in the Republican Party. Yeah, so but the point is this. The citizen lobby is not just a party. All American citizens, especially the ones as NAVs, which about 70% of them is conservative, or even some of the libertarians of the Wolf Club. This is your voice to say, hey, Senator Manning, I don't want you to give me universal health care and start a new bureaucracy. Hey, uh, Representative Crop from Central Oregon, you got to give, listen to us, the people. You are not our dictators. You are not our masters. We are your body. Power rises from the bottom up, not top down. We lend you the powers granted by our creator and the Constitution. You're not our dictators or our rulers. Well, and absolutely. And if we don't hold them accountable for the decisions they make, they're going to just continue on as business as usual. Let me give you an example. When the OSHA fined Courthouse Athletic Club, what did we say? We said, hey, <clears throat> we're not going to go after OSHA and be into some, you know, long drawn out thing with their legislative body of lawyers and everything else. How about we put some pressure on the enforcers? How about we some put some pressure on the people writing the fines on the OSHA inspectors that are going along with this tyrannical system? 
And so once 300 people showed up at that guy's house in Silverton, and I'm not going to say his name, he then suddenly didn't want to do his job anymore, right? And it's not fun being on the chopping block and having real political pressure, whether you're a professional politician or just some sideline guy, it's not fun to have the spotlight on you. And so the power that we have as people is to learn where to draw that spotlight and to focus that spotlight with things that concern you and your livelihood, things that concern you and your future. It's important to engage like that. So just like you got to go to the grocery store and just like you got to fill up your gas tank every day to maintain order within your life and your kids go to school and you take care of the daycare and you pay your bills and everything else. Well, now you need to put into that daily lifestyle is an active engagement with the Oregon Citizens Lobby in being able to find out where you want to focus your attention. Whether that means write your congressman, whether that means go to an event, like they have coming up on the 27th with Henri, which everybody should be at the Capitol at 9 a.m. on March 27th. So that's how you get involved. Take time out of your day, your daily routine, just like you go get your coffee in the morning. Start making it a point to write your congressmen, to write your senators, to write your you know, uh, county commissioners, to write your sheriffs. To ask them questions, ask them just, even if you don't need to write them and you don't have any opinion at the point, ask them questions. Hey, what's your stance on this UN treaty that says that they're going to take over the county and the health authority is going to take over the county and basically tie up the hands of all these states and counties from being able to respond accordingly to this future pandemic that they're talking about? What do you, what's your stance on that? And then they might say, well, I don't know anything about it. You say, oh, well, that's great. That's great because here's what's coming, sir. Here's what they're trying to do, sir or ma'am. And let me inform you so that we're better prepared. And let's talk about strategy on how we're going to be able to combat against that. And they're going to say, well, wow, you know, that's amazing. You're such an active, engaged citizen. You know, we need 5,000 more of you guys. But think of the level of engagement. Now, I'm not saying all of them are going to be open forum like that. But if you ask them just broad questions and do your own research and figure out different things that concern you and your life, you can use this Oregon Citizens Lobby to find out who's who. Find out what bills are being pushed through. What's that going to do to your farming? What's that going to do to your agriculture? What's that going to do to your food prices? What's it going to do to your gas prices? It's very important to understand that things just don't just happen and we can't live in a reactive state. We can't always be reacting to what's going on around us. It's now time to just get engaged. It's now time to just ask questions. It's now time to inform other people who are uninformed. And that's not misinformation. And that's why they're trying to demonize the fact that we are standing up as citizens and and actively engaging as citizens and rediscovering our human spirit. The reason is, and they're trying to snuff that out, which the Biden administration has deemed us terrorists right? Domestic terrorists, the soccer mom that speaks out of the school board meeting against not wanting to put a mask on their kids is a terrorist. They SWAT team their house. The reason they do that is because they know what's coming. They know that we are waking up and you are waking up as the individual. And we're proud of you. And I'm proud to be here with you today. And I'm proud to walk this journey with you.
So, Ronnie, we got just a couple more minutes. Uh, anything else that is local and precedent that's going on that everybody needs to know? Uh, Senate Bill 579, that gives the persons who've been incarcerated the right to vote, has gone to the House floor out of committee that Senator Manning runs. We need to send him a strong, I can urge all Americans in Oregonians, please send Senator Manning. He has a website. Go on at Oregon Citizen Lobby. They'll give you a link to all the representatives and senators of Oregon. Send them a letter. Just say, I don't want this to happen. Why are you enabling the criminals and not taking care of the victims? And you got another law that's uh, under the guise of reproduction. I do not know the number exactly. That is in committee. Now we already had a hearing on. Undermining your children, your right of your children to do a, to emasculate themselves or have an abortion without your consent. We got to stay on it. This is not a Republican Democrat issue. This is an Oregonian issue. Your children is your body, your offspring. Stand. Do what the Lord of your Creator believes and hold true and be humble. That's all. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Make sure to like and subscribe, noncompliantamerica.com. Share with your friends. If you got questions, reach out, jm at noncompliantamerica.com. Have a great week. And again, as always, watch your six. See you next week.